Hey, it's Nick Austin, and on this edition of the podcast, we took time to sit down with outgoing mayor of Ferndale, Melanie Piana, to get her take on what's happening in her city, the things she's excited about, and lessons she's learned from her time as mayor. One of the areas we know that she really thinks about a lot and there are exciting things happening in the city are in regional transit. Maybe this is why she's also the new program director at the Regional Transit Authority of Southeast Michigan. But what does the RTA do in Southeast Michigan and what can we do to spread efficient and widespread public transit? What will it take? How can we reimagine this task in our area? We sat down with Mayor Piana to find out. Melanie, welcome to Detroit Today. I'm just so thankful to uh, have this opportunity to talk about it today. All right, very good. Well, you're on your way. Like you said, you served your term there in Ferndale, a place that I'm quite familiar mm-hmm. with. Seems like some interesting things are happening there in the world of uh, construction that you got going on. So let us know what's happening in Ferndale. We're soon wrapping up nine months of construction of this year and about three months of last year on a project called Woodward Moves, which is our safety improvement project in partnership with the city of Pleasant Ridge. We're really about creating a people-focused infrastructure where we're having safer experiences, connecting to and getting into our downtown and across both our communities with uh, safety improvements on the street. And that includes new bike lanes going both ways, pedestrian or uh, pedestrian crosswalk improvements uh, to uh, reduce the distance going across the crosswalks, as well as a new bike-friendly uh, signals to help bicyclists get through the intersection, but also ADA-compliant um, curbs and crosswalks and new bus bulbs which are a new design treatment, uh, I think, coming to cities uh, in the future to help people have a safer experience getting on the bus. And they help the bus move faster down the lane because the bus doesn't have to cut into the curb and pull in um, onto the side of the the road uh, to pick up passengers. It just picks up at this curb, the bus bulb, and picks up passengers, and off it goes. And so what does that do for uh, transit for vehicles? I'm sure, you know, of course, when we think of places like Woodward and things like that, people in Detroit love our cars and folks, anything that feels like it's going to slow down their transit, especially with something they're used to, I know there's got to be some pause. So you were able to get this accomplished there uh, in Ferndale. What have people said to you about that concern or what have you said to them about, hey, are you taking up one of my lanes? I'm not going to be able to get through as much in my own vehicle now. Well, I'd like to reframe uh, losing a lane or taking up one of my lanes. We're actually repurposing a lane for safer travel for people biking or one wheelies or scooters or rollerblading, which roller skating, which we have a lot of in Ferndale. And so we're just creating um, a, a specific travel lane where those people traveling by those modes have their own lane and protected from vehicle traffic. And so that is safer for everyone, everybody driving, everybody walking, and everyone taking a bike and or walking to a transit stop. Well, fair enough. But I think that most people would think that if you simply would add a lane, that would help decrease traffic also. And the reason I bring this up is because we've been looking at a lot of stuff with lanes here recently in the show. So I know it's kind of like a hot button topic and people have different perspectives on it. So before we move on a little bit to some of the other things that are happening there, I just want to uh, say what you would have a response. I know you said the uh, that you want to reframe the issue, but for folks who are saying, well, the way you solve that is adding a lane, what response would you have to them? We're really 
redefining what success looks like for a corridor. You know, for decades, we have been measuring the performance of a corridor or a road by how many vehicles can get down it as fast as possible. Mm. What we're looking at along Woodward, and it's not just Ferndale and Pleasant Ridge, it's all the communities along Woodward. We've been collaborating for years, and we all have the same safety issues. And so we have a different vision. The, The elected officials and the residents of those communities have said, we would like something different. And our new performance of measure, where we're trying to get to, which is this is the start, is how many people can you get down the corridor So versus uh, the, the number of cars. Woodward Avenue was in Ferndale had a capacity of 100,000 cars, and the capacity now on a daily basis is 42,000. So we do not have the type of vehicle traffic um, and the amounts that people uh, think that mm-hmm. we do. So we definitely have the opportunity to do this. But there's an economic Um, reason as well, because when you convert um, roads into uh, more places for people to safely get around and have a different mobility options, businesses uh, thrive as well. Um, And you're also creating opportunities for people who want to live in the downtown areas um, to to not have a car. If they want to live car light or car free, they can able to do that because they have safer access to a lot of different options. And that is one of the competing interests we also have to balance here. I mean, it's one of the reasons I remember people would want to move to places like Ferndale and Royal Oak. It's that walkability, that ability to get everywhere on downtown. You got this Woodworth that separates one side for the other, as an example. So uh, certainly something that I think people would be interested in, that walkability, as you mentioned, making it a livable place. And for someone who's the mayor of Ferndale, which for a lot of folks was kind of an envy of places to be in terms of having business activity, downtown activity. I suspect you've come across or learned a lot through your tenure there. What what recommendations would you have for folks who are trying to work on ways that they can also develop thriving downtowns, thriving business communities in their uh, cities that you've learned from your work at Ferndale? I've been elected for 14 years, and over this arc of this time, you know, street infrastructure and complete streets is the the policy focus area that cities are looking at. Um, Between our city's master plan, our non-motorized plans, um, lots of studies along Woodward Avenue for transit, Over the arc of those plans, there's been so much public engagement, getting feedback from residents about what the issues are and what they would like to see there. So when MDOT proposed repaving Woodward in 2018, and it hadn't been really repaved since in 20 years, um, and this is a repaving project, not a reconstruction project. So taking the arc of that body of work and the body of residential input over that 14 years, it was clear Um, that our residents wanted some solutions to these safety issues on Woodward. Also, I've been knocking doors for 14 years, (laughs) going around asking for people's votes. And the number one question I asked is, what do you love about Ferndale? And the number one thing that I've heard for 14 years is our walkability. So in terms of strategies, economic development strategies, housing strategies, it is getting and helping people get to where they need to go in a safer um, environment. Because we also have MoGo Bike Share in our downtown as well. Um, so we're adding and looking at different ways and different options um, of getting around. You know, I've seen those bike shares. I know about bike lanes. I know there are some folks who are really dedicated to biking. I also know, though, that I don't always see them used as much, which isn't necessarily a representative sample, right? I'm in here right now. There could be a ton of people on the on the bike mm-hmm. lanes. I have no clue. But what I would wonder from you is, 
with setting up all of that stuff, if we build it, they will come. Uh, what have you? Do you have any metrics over how people are now engaging with these other activities, like the bike shares or using the bike lanes? What metrics do you rely on, and what are you seeing in terms of uh, usage now that you've built these? Well, Mogo Detroit has their own metrics of usage with their membership and people using those bikes. And so we have that contributing to to the success measures of our downtown. Um, But SEMCOG has been a huge partner in this project and couldn't have gotten it done without them because they gave us a grant along with MDOT to um, help pay for this project. They helped put um, bicycle counters down before the construction barrels went down um, in 2022. And now we're hoping to put them back after the uh, construction is done. And we'll be able to start tracking how many people are taking their bikes. But in the future, the new technology is AI and street performance measurement. And I get really excited about this because it can start doing, you know, intelligence without tracking um um, face recognition, and you can see near misses. And so that's the future of performance measurement of roads. And I'm really taking a look at that um, in my role at the uh, Regional Transit Authority. But I'm also a nerd, and I just love where the stuff is going. Well, if you're a nerd and you're worried <laughs> about uh, a safety of pedestrians, it's got it's all about the roundabout, right? What, what, what <laughs> is it going to take for us to to love the roundabout and bring the roundabout to more of our communities. I mean, I've seen roundabouts in different places. We have them in Southfield, for example. Uh, I'm thinking about intersections is what I'm thinking about. And people always complain about intersections making it where cars can cross. What can we do to make them safer? The thing I think about uh, for anything, bike lane, cars, it's a roundabout. But what have you seen? What do you think that we can do to make these safer? Do you think we have a good system now? What would your recommendation be in that space? Different streets need different strategies. And so different parts of Woodward Avenue different need need different treatments as well. You know, I've been listening to elected officials in Huntington Woods talk for years about how difficult it is for their residents to get across Woodward at Lincoln Avenue to go over into Royal Oak. So people are crossing one community to another to experience another community. But Birmingham has had, uh, the city of Birmingham has experienced deaths and um, really severe crashes. So these are real Um, issues that elected officials are trying to solve on a day-to-day basis um, to make their communities um, more livable and and so that people can thrive and not get hurt by vehicle violence. What's That's interesting to me. So what exactly is happening in Birmingham? I mean, specifically with these streets, are you talking about the width of the road? Is it uh, non-carrying drivers? What's causing this uptick that you're saying are these issues uh, with deaths on the road out there? Well, Woodward is very wide, and in Ferndale, it's 200 feet wide, and only 6% of that road is dedicated to the sidewalk. So only 6% of that 200 feet is for people walking. And so we're just asking for the cycle lanes to give a little bit more space um, over to uh, the human experience getting around on some other uh, mode than a car. In Birmingham... You know, if you've gone down Old Woodward, they've put in a lot of safe infrastructure um, on Old Woodward. But Woodward, Woodward Avenue, the eight lanes, we all have these complex issues um, between Royal Oak, Birmingham, even Pontiac. You know, they're reducing and removing the loop in 2025, and it took years to do. The project in Ferndale took four years to do from the time um, 
MDOT said, hey, can we repave your, we want to repave Woodward Avenue for the two miles from 8 Mile to 696. And we said, hang on, we would really love to um, figure out how to put safety features on that. And they make you go through a road diet checklist um, with MDOT um, and prove that the traffic capacity is not going to be as impacted as part of uh, we thought. Um, so we're really working with MDOT and SEMCOG on figuring out where can we change how we p measure um, the corridor, not just cars moving quickly down uh, the process. This is, I think, a foundational step that other cities could be taking a look at. And Ferndale and Woodward is not the only city looking to do this. I know Down River, Lincoln Park, it's in their downtown development plan to figure out how to improve Fort Street in their downtown and put in safety improvements as well. So this is not just an Oakland County issue, but there's bike lanes going in in Roseville and Centerline and Down River and Wyandotte. So we're seeing it in Ann Arbor and um, Rochester Hills. So this is really expanding and taking off because cities see their economic strategy and better quality of life for people living there and visiting there. This is the direction we need to go. And how this relates to transit um, is significant. Yeah. Because people focus streets and infrastructure, mobility is everything. And how you get around, and it starts at the street level. It's the local level. It's the sidewalk. That's reimagining priorities is what I'm hearing from you. As again, as we're speaking Melanie, with Melanie Piana, who is serving her final term as mayor of Ferndale. When we return, uh, we will continue this conversation, expand it out a little bit, get your thoughts as well, moving towards the phones, reimagining what that could look like here for us in Southeast Michigan. That's what's going to happen when we return here on Detroit Today. Speaking with the mayor of Ferndale, Melanie Piana, who is not only serving her final term as mayor, but she's also the new program director at the Regional Transit Authority of Southeast Michigan. So let's talk about what the RTA does then. I mean, it's a relatively new organization in terms of our regional transit space. For you, in terms of what you see or how you envision the role of the RTA, can you briefly tell us why it was created and what role it should play, or it does play, I should say, in transit in Southeast Michigan? It was created in 2012 uh, by the legislature, and it really created this authority uh, and as a planning, regional planning agency. And it is, we have 10 board members, two board members appointed by uh, Wayne, Oakland, Macomb, and Washtenaw County, a city of Detroit representative, and then an appointee from the governor's office and the chair, who is the chair of the board, who serves as a non-voting member. And the RTA was really formed to do really four things and that was to plan, coordinate, fund, and accelerate. The RTA is sort of a, a, street, a strategic alignment partner across multi-level governments. We're federal, state, county, and the local level. I say that we're the navigators of complexity because we have 116 transit agencies um, in the region. We have sort of the big ones, the SMART, the DDOT, uh, bus system, the ride in Washtenaw County, the Q-Line, the People Mover, and MoGo Bike Share. But we also have community providers. Cities get money um, to called municipal credits, and it's very complicated. But we use that money at the local level to get buses for our senior program. So in Ferndale, we spend about $80,000 a year from a bus credit. Um, to uh, provide the service. And also we have nonprofit providers. So when you look at 
the multi-level action that the RTA was formed to navigate um, and all of these transit providers, we really are these strategic alignment partners, the thought leaders, um, sort of a transit think tank, um, but we also provide technical assistance in terms of grant writing and project implementation. So we do quite a bit. Mm. So j- just so I can put a pin on this then, does that mean you mentioned DDOT, you mentioned SMART, you have things like the Q line. People are used to all these different region or city-specific local uh, organizations that work with their transit, Ann Arbor, for example. Would that mean that you would provide oversight for them or do you just provide guidance they're a resource that you're a resource that they can tap into if they'd want to how does it fit in terms of your interaction of does the rta say hey guys we're doing this or do they say hey rta we need some assistance with something we're trying to do at the local level we're, we're really the umbrella organization of coordination, but the main function and really guiding light of the RTA is our regional transit master plan, mm. which is required by the federal government to bring down any federal funds to help invest in future transit projects. And so we're updating our regional transit master plan now. We have to do it annually and resubmit it back to the federal government. And it connects to the transportation plan that SEMCOG is doing and also supports and includes community engagement at the local level from existing riders, future riders, as well as the transit providers. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that because I heard you say federal and I was wondering what would a state uh, a local or a regional state organization be doing in terms of federal work, but you're talking about the work that you guys have to do with that regional master transit plan. So let's unpack what's in the regional master transit plan for folks who might not be so familiar. Uh, what does that look like and what does it do in terms of the vision that the RTA has for transit in Southeast Michigan? We're really about creating thriving people, thriving communities, and a thriving region, doing that through uh, expanding and enhancing our transit. I think those are the two primary goals that I'll talk about today. Um, and the RTAs, you know, I'm going to talk about some successes that we've been leading on behalf of the region. Um, we've been quietly coordinating um, sort of behind the scenes and launching new services. And I think um, how we're enhancing our transit system, one is the D2A2 Express bus. We um, helped raise grant money and launched a new bus from downtown Detroit to downtown Ann Arbor. It runs every hour, 16 hours a day. It's six bucks a ride or $2 if you're a frequent uh, rider. And we have surpassed 7,000 monthly riders. Two months ago, we were at 5,000. So you can go to D2A2, so uh, D, letter D, number two, uh, A2.org to learn more about the service. Um, So it's showing that we are fulfilling a critical need Um, for transit riders getting from Ann Arbor to downtown Detroit. Um, And we are about to launch uh, the Downtown Airport Express bus um, in early 2024. And this is connecting downtown Detroit to the Metro Airport and um, hoping to launch that in, uh, you know, February or March. And that really is picking up people in Grand Circus Park and takes you to... um, um, the uh, a, a space in downtown, uh, central space in downtown um, Ann Arbor, where people can get on the bus as well. I'm sorry, sorry, th- sorry. I'm confusing the two. Where you can take it from downtown Detroit to the airport. Yes, yes. Ahead. There's a lot going on. Um, and we also created MyRide2.org, which is really helping connect seniors and adults uh, with disabilities with rides in Oakland, Macomb, Washtenaw, Wayne, and counties. So these are really great three projects that we've been working on, um, helping fill uh, some of these, you know, creating these opportunities for people where they need to uh, need to go. 
Um, so we're really, I, I believe that there is a, we're turning the tide in transit and the perception of transit is changing. And I am an optimist and because this is because Oakland County just passed another transit millage, I'm sorry, Oakland County passed the smart transit millage last year sorry. to expand transit in some more of the rural areas of Oakland County. Washtenaw County passed another transit millage to enhance their current uh, system with the ride. Um, Q-Line ridership is way up, and I take it. I'm one, I think one of the few mayors who actually commutes by bus to work. And well, you, you are <laughs> in a pretty good spot to be able to do that, in yes. fairness. Um, but I take it to downtown um, Detroit. You know, I work in the 1001 Woodward Building, yeah. and I take the Q-Line um, to the uh, first smart, fast bus stop, which is in Grand Circus Park. So I take two modes of transportation when I commute by bus um, to work. Sure. You know, I when I remember when I was here, needed to get to the station over the summer, spending some time in Midtown, got to take the Q line as well. It was quite convenient, but it's fairly limited in its route. And, you know, you've talked about a lot of the successes that we've had. And you've talked about people also in their areas voting for transit millages. However, there was also a regional transit millage put forth by the RTA, and that didn't get the vote. So when we're thinking about all of these successes that you've mentioned and the things you guys are working on, why is it that you think we can't get a regional transit millage to pass, and what will it take for us to get one to pass? Why well, I am optimistic because I have been in this conversation for 14 years, you know, in my elected role on the ground trying to figure out how to um, bring better transit service to not only Woodward, but Gratiot and Michigan and on the East-West connections. Um, our board of directors has a really uni unified focus uh, with a uni uh, united vision, and that is really reflected in our regional transit plan. Um, and the region is working well together, I would, I would say. Um, between the providers, the county execs, and um, Mayor Duggan, as well as the state elected leadership. Um, and of course, Governor uh, Whitmer created the Michigan Infrastructure Office, which had never been formed before, and that is helping us sort of navigate the federal level of funds through the Bipartisan Infrastructure Bill and the climate money that's coming out of the uh, Inflation Reduction Act. Um, to me, the moon and the stars are aligning mm. in a different way than they have been before. And this is why I am so optimistic. That doesn't mean that the hard work, uh, we have hard work uh, before us. And um, currently, um, I'm helping uh, the executive leadership team and the board of directors put together a strategy of a multi-year strategy of figuring that out, how to pay for this long term. Um, uh, one of our folks in our office calls it that the RTA has been um, really doing, if you baseball analogy here, I love um, it. Um, um, hitting grounders and first bases. Um, but if we really want to um, get to where we need to go and have a home run, we yeah. really need to have long-term sustainable funding. And um, right now, we're putting that strategy together, and hopefully, we'll have something in the you know in the in the near future about where we can go to fulfill the needs that have been said in the regional transit master plan. That is our guiding document. Um, of where we need to go. Yeah, I, sus I suspect getting some successes, things like this uh, route to the airport, may help get some more people on involved in speaking of that. We're going to move to the phones right now, starting off with Mike in Chesterfield. Mike, go ahead. You're on Detroit today. Yeah, hi. How are you, everybody, doing today? Doing I, well. uh, go ahead. I am loving the fact of um, I'm loving the fact of hearing a uh, transit nerd or just infrastructure nerd in general being in elected office. That's awesome. <laughs> um, I uh, 
so one of the things I would think that would be the home run essentially you're looking for is it would be expensive and it would be the biggest challenge to get forward in uh, the RTA, but putting a light rail on Michigan Avenue and Telegraph um, going from downtown to the air, to the airport, um, this would be obviously extremely expensive, probably in the billions of dollars. But I think it, by doing that, it adds to um, the infrastructure already in place with like the People Mover, the Rosa Parks Transit Center, and the queue line that when the connections are made, the puzzle pieces sort of fit together. And you have this uh, direct connection from our, our biggest transportation hub, which is our airport, to our central business district and the, infra- the transit infrastructure already in place. And so it kind of feeds into each other, and then we can further expand from there. And it would also service everything in between. I feel like you've thought about this a little bit, Mike, yeah, in the past. quite a bit, yeah. All right, well, I will let the expert that we have in respond. Go ahead, Mayor Piano. What are your thoughts? It's a great question. We're really looking at the RTA about, you know, how do we solve our, our regional, you know, move us forward. We're really taking a look at, again, service, infrastructure, and technology. Um, I talked a little bit about the bus infrastructure on the streets at the local level, um, but the service level is making sure that we get buses more frequently um, in our existing network. And so think about good, better, basic. I'm sorry, good, better, best. Um, The infrastructure we're getting in Woodward is, you know, good. Um, And a lot of our transit infrastructure is good now, but we really need to improve the bus stops to make that experience of people riding the bus now. People riding the bus deserve safer experiences and better experiences getting to where they need to go. And so when you look at the complete network that we have now, it is making improvements in the existing network, which is bus service, um, as well as the Q-Line rail. So big, big issues to tackle, um, but we're really looking at how do we do and build out our network along um, Woodward Avenue, um, Gratiot Avenue, Washtenaw and Michigan um, future is looking at bus rapid transit and exploring how that might work as the um, backbone um, of the region of better enhanced service through BRT, Um, but also taking a look at how do we improve the bus stops. And let me give you a great example here, and this is specific to Ferndale. Um, We all love Garden Fresh Salsa and um, one of the best salsas in the region and was recently had a facility tour there. And um, they told me that out of their 200 and some employees, 40 take transit to work and there was no bus shelter near their employment. And um, a lot of people got off shifts where the bus wasn't actually showing up um, at the time of their shift. And so they were taking a look at how do we reduce um, hours to align people getting rid of their shift or finishing their shift to get to the bus. And so they've reduced hours almost like five, uh, an hour a day um, exploring. But that is like five hours a week of less money in someone's pocket and less money into a business, um, helping them get to, uh, you know, economic development and creating these thriving people, thriving businesses. Um, And so transit at the local level Um, is really critical. And that's where we're really, truly looking at how do we improve the system that we have um, in terms of enhancing um, transit right now. Yeah, yeah. And Mike in Chesterfield, again, thank you so much for that idea. Light rail, we've been talking about ways to get uh, from the airport to different places, Michigan Avenue, you bring up a uh, great idea, great thought there. Uh, right now, we're moving next to Chase in Detroit. Chase, go ahead. You're on Detroit today. 
morning, and hello to Mayor Piana. Um, just a really quick question. In describing how the different organizations work together in the region, I just want to understand what the role of SimCog is and how the RTA and SIPCOG work together. Go ahead, That's Mayor a Piana. fantastic question. Um, we are mutually supportive partners. Um, the RTA actually uh, is a tenant of SEMCOG in, the, in their downtown office. Um, but the role of SEMCOG is they are also required as the Metropolitan Planning Organization called the MPO for the region. They are required to do a broad transportation plan uh, for the region. And they also do the Transportation Coordinating Council, which I sat on as mayor, um, which helps approve projects um, that align with MDOT's investment um, and transit funds. The RTA, we have our specific regional transit master plan, which is specific to the regional transit system. It builds off of the engagement and the goals uh, in the SEMCOG's regional transit master plan. They sort of adopt our RTMP um, as part of their transit plan. So that's kind of how we interplay together. Um, They're a huge, significant data partner, a thought partner as well. Um, and we work very closely together. I mean, anytime I hear data, I just get a little bit happier. Thank you so much, Chase, for that great question with clarification. Uh, something that uh, I think that uh, uh, it is important to figure out how this organization interacts with so many different ones. Uh, it's something that I was really thinking about when I was just even looking into the Regional Transit Authority. Like, well, wait a second. Uh, what's the interplay here with this? And you missing with that and you got to carry the one. It can get a little confusing, I think, out there. But I do appreciate Appreciate this clarification. One thing that you did bring up, Mayor Piana, though, that I want to get back into was bus rapid transit. Because when we think about ways that we might be able to get more public transit out there in a way, scale up, if you will, this idea of BRT with maybe dedicated bus lanes running in regular intervals, I know it was something that was proposed and ultimately defeated back in 2016 for Woodward, Gratiot, Michigan Avenues. Is this something that the RTA is looking at doing again? right now and what what would that look like now what is it different about now as opposed to then that you think it could get passed the bus rapid transit as a project it's one of the elements that we do um, for uh, the region it really is taking a look at um, these you know major corridors along the region and how might we um, enhance the service in a more economically uh, fiscal way um, Bus rapid transit is a lot less than rail, mm. and um, we have you know real fiscally constrained uh, transportation funds in Michigan uh, for our roads as well as transit. So bus rapid transit really is the more fiscally um, supportive solution for the region. And there's three main things with uh, BRT, which is stations that um, are really high, you know, premium stations that act like a rail line station, dedicated lanes, and then the frequent of bus service. Um, you pretty much have 10, 10 minute to uh, um, 15 minute headways of buses. And right now we're at 30 minutes to 45 minute uh, headways. So when you look to um, enhance transit service, our existing transit service, that's what we're looking to do now is um, improve headways. And that is part of the long-term funding solutions, um, working with um, Smart, DDOT, and the the ride, specifically on bus service. A lot of exciting things happening, a lot of interesting topics to get into in terms of regional transit, as well as what's going on in Ferndale. Can't think of a better person to do it with (laughs) than the outgoing mayor of Ferndale and also new program director of the Regional Transit Authority of Southeast Michigan, Mayor Melanie Piana. Thanks so much for joining us on Detroit Today. Thanks for having me here. 
Story Today is produced by Sam Corey and me, Nick Austin. Our technical director and engineer is Matthew Trevethan. Our assistant producer is Maddie Boyer. Our music is by Sam Bobian and Will Sessions. Podcast editing by David Lyons. And our program director is Adam Fox. Detroit Today is a production of WDET in Detroit. You can support the show by leaving a rating or a comment. Thanks for listening.